Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. I've never shared on this subject before, so whenever I share on a new subject, I I like to really study things out. So I I had a good day just um, really diving into the Word and um, studying the subject of honor. And um, it is a huge, um, huge subject, incredibly important. It affects us uh, on a deep spiritual level. It It affects us in our soul, at an emotional level. It even affects your physical being. Um, being a person of honor, um, tapping into this spirit of honor. I'm calling my message a spirit of honor because I believe it's a very spiritual thing, a spirit of honor. Uh, it actually affects your health. It affects your longevity. Um, so honor, honor does not happen accidentally. It, uh, it's a very purposeful thing, a very intentional thing. It is, it's always intentional. Um, the scripture I have that I'm going to start out for you, it's from Proverbs 3. Verse 9 and 10. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Um, this would be a good message to take notes on. As I studied it, I thought, I thought I'd just do it in one single message tonight. I'm going to try to do that, but uh, it, it's, it's a really important subject, and um, I don't think it's really taught enough, especially in society today. Um, so Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. My first point tonight is this. Honor always goes above and beyond. It goes above and beyond, and I'm going to explain this here in a minute. But Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Like I said, honor is a very foundational thing, and it affects you in many ways. Right here in Proverbs 3, we see that being a person of honor, honoring the Lord, first of all, it actually affects you financially. It affects you in many important ways. And like I said, it, it, it is something that is always intentional. It doesn't happen accidentally. And um, it, it's, a, it's a faith thing. You have, to, you have to sometimes force yourself to honor someone, honor God, despite your feelings. You know, my, my wife is a person of honor. She, um, she likes to honor my parents. Um, the Bible actually talks about honoring your, your, your father and your mother. And, and she, she helps me honor my parents. Um, and... Um, it's always a very intentional thing. I remember uh, about a month ago, my parents were going to go on vacation to Phoenix, and um, it, it was kind of before Christmas, so it was a little bit of a stressful time. We're trying to get ready for Christmas, buying presents, trying to get ready for everything at church, and um, Heather wanted to do something. Like, we didn't feel like, you know, the, the spirit of honor come upon us, but, but she just said, you know, we need to honor your parents, and, and she had me write a $1,000 check to them and, and told, told them to, you know, have a really good vacation. And um, that's something, uh, honor, honor um, meets a specific need of someone. And um, my dad has a tendency to sometimes be cheap on vacation. So this is a, a way to especially honor Pastor Barbara. <laughs> so she could kind of do whatever she wanted on vacation and um, had this, this um, gift that was intended for, for a need that she has. Amen. So honor doesn't happen accidentally. It's always intentional. It really has to be taught and has to be demonstrated. And um, as I've kind of studied out, I, I've found out that it's a foundational principle in the spirit realm where to honor the Lord. It's a foundational principle in relationships um, at the home between husband and wives, between children and parents. It's really a foundational principle for a healthy society where to honor those um, with positions of authority, whether they be teachers, governing officials, police officers, military personnel. And honor, it has to be demonstrated. It has substance to, to it. I like that it says that we are to honor the Lord with your possessions, with, with your substance. There, there, it's going to cost you something. 
If you're going to honor someone, if you're going to honor um, a, a body of believers, if you're going to honor the Lord, it's going to cost you something. It doesn't, it doesn't just happen accidentally. It's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you financially, maybe with your time, maybe with your talent. And um, I remember um, when I was 18 years old, I, I had... I moved away to Pittsburgh, and I had to find a church for the first time in my life. I never had the option to church shop before. Pastor Lawson never allowed me to, to church shop. It would have been a, a great point of dishonor if I told him I wanted to church shop and, and leave Karis Christian Center uh, while I was in his house. So when I was 18, I moved to Pittsburgh, and it took me a few months to find um, a church. And um, one, once I found this church... Um, that, that I knew I was supposed to go to, it, it, um, it wasn't easy for me to get there. I, I had to take two buses to get there. I had to take a bus from, from Carnegie Mellon, where I went to school, to downtown Pittsburgh. I had to wait half an hour and catch this one bus that ran every two hours out to the South Hills. And I had to walk up a hill about a half a mile to get to church. And um, the buses, when, when I went to visit the first time, I was a little scared because the bus only came back every two hours. And... Um, um, right when I walked through the door, I, I, I knew God just spoke to me and said, this is home, this is where you need to be. And um, um, I, I met this woman at the door who greeted me. Turns out that she was the pastor's mother, and I just started crying because I knew that, that I was home. And um, I, I just told her, you know, I'm here, you know, I, I would go to school in, in town, and uh, I might have to leave a little bit early because the bus only comes two hours, so don't, don't, I, I'm not offended if you see me leave early. And she said, just don't worry about it, I'll give you a ride back to campus. Anyway, she and another um, grandma in the church gave me a ride back every single Sunday um, for four years. And it, it was um, at least a 30-minute drive. They'd always take me out to lunch. But um, it, to, to go to church there, it, it, cost, it, took, it took me time. You know, I was the only person on campus at 7.30 on Sunday morning out and about doing something with purpose. It, it, it cost me time. When I went there, I'd always play my flute. Um, when I joined the team, um, the at the time, um, the, the assistant kind of worship leader, he played guitar and sang. He, um, he didn't really like the way I played. And, um, and I kind of thought, well, what, what do you know about flute playing? And, and you know, I, I'm here at Carnegie Mellon. I'm staying with the, the greatest flute professor in the world. You know, she was the principal flutist in the New York Philharmonic. And, um, and um, he told me I had to play differently. And, um, and, and actually, the... the, the the way he taught me to play at church was one of the greatest lessons I've ever received musically. He just told me three simple things to do when I'm playing with a worship band, and it, it, um, it was actually a really, really great musical lesson and, and helped me just figure out how to flow as a classical flutist in a worship setting. And, um, and, and um, part of honor, I'm going to talk about this later, is humility. If you're gonna if you're gonna really honor someone, it's not about it's, it's not about what you want to do, how you want to serve. It's really about meeting a need that's there. And um, so so they didn't need some some razzle dazzle, flashy, all over the place kind of flute player. He wanted someone that kind of fit into their team, fit into what they were doing. And um, and, and he taught me how to do that. And actually, I still I still. Um, watch their live streams on occasion, and, and this, the same assistant worship leader, 18 years later, I'm 36 now, that was when I was 18, he's still helping with worship there today. He's a very, a very wealthy, very, very busy businessman, he travels a lot, but he's still there today, 18 years later, I don't know how many years before that he was doing that, but he, he is a very incredible person of honor, 
And, um, um, and he, he taught me something as well. Honor always goes above and beyond. This is my first point. It goes beyond what you think someone deserves. So Hebrews 12, 9, when I was reading this um, a while back, God spoke to me from this verse in Hebrews 12, verse 9. It says, furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. So when this assistant worship leader told me how he corrected how I was playing, um, I paid him respect by doing what he told me to do. He, he was in the band before me, and um, I had to do what he wanted me to do. That was, that was just um, paying him respect. Um, shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? So this term here, we pay them respect. Respect is what is due to someone. That's why it's called a payment. It's really when you respect someone, um, it's, it's just me. It's just doing what's kind of basic. You, you're, you're just doing what is due unto them. That's why we pay someone respect. They deserve it. They've earned it. Honor goes beyond what, someone's, what someone deserves. Um, so it doesn't expect something in return. It doesn't have strings attached. It goes beyond what is asked. It goes the extra mile. So if I want to honor my wife... I need to do something beyond what I think she may deserve or what I think, what I feel like she deserves. Does that make sense? Heather wanted to honor my dad. My dad didn't really deserve $1,000. If I, if I made a list, you know, when she made that gift to him of, of all of his rights and wrongs, emotionally, I probably didn't think he really deserved that gift. But, but honor goes beyond what you think someone deserves. And, and again, um, and there, there are great um, principles. There are, man, honor is such, such a radically spiritual thing. You know, it goes beyond the natural realm. Respect just kind of, it's, it's in the natural realm. When you honor someone, when you honor, you know, a parent, when you honor a spouse, your spouse, when you honor an employer, when you honor a neighbor, when you honor, man, when you honor someone, that God wants you to honor, it, it taps into the realm of the spirit. And it unleashes things in the spirit realm. It unleashes the power of God in your life. And, and um, it, it, it really, it will affect your destiny. Like I said, it goes beyond what you think someone deserves. It doesn't expect something in return. It doesn't have strings attached to it. And, and when you honor someone that God has asked you to honor, man, it doesn't really matter what's given back to you. God will want to honor you. He will want to lift you up and exalt you. I remember when I was um, going to grad school, working on my doctorate in Houston, um, a professor there asked me to, to house sit for him one summer. And um, he wanted me to house sit for like two months and watch his dog take care of things for him. Um, I, never, I never asked him how much he would pay me. Um, and I did it for two months. And um, after after... Two months, um, he came back, um, gave him the keys. I didn't get paid anything. And it was quite a bit of work. I, I actually took care of all of his mail, um, paid all of his bills, took care of the house. Like, you know, he even had an issue with his plumbing. I had to hunt for a plumber to get it fixed while he was off, you know, doing musical things around the world. And um, um, I, you know, he had a kind of a high-maintenance dog. And his dog would, you know, would always attack the mail. There's like a mail slot. The mailman would drop it through the slot. And whenever the mailman dropped it through the slot, he would just tear the mail up. So I, I tried to get there, be there when the mailman came, just so all these bills wouldn't be shredded by this kind of wild 
um, dog. It, so it, it, was, it was a little bit of a work, but um, God told me I just needed to honor this person. And, um, you know, today I actually live in an incredibly nice house that I don't deserve. The house that I live in today, it, it's basically paid off. We don't owe that much money on it left. It, 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 it's way beyond what I deserve. What God did, he honored me. You know, God gave me a dog when I moved here to be a pastor, and, and it was a great dog, not a high-maintenance dog. You know, Winston's a really phenomenal dog. God, when, when, you, when you tap into the spiritual realm, when, when you carry that spirit of honor on you, amen? And it, it, it really, it goes way beyond the natural realm and taps into the spirit realm. It unleashes the power of God in your life. It even affects your destiny. It affects your purpose. It will affect your relationships. It will affect your finances. It even affects your health. It will affect your longevity. The first commandment with promise. This, 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 this is the first commandment with promise. It's so important, this, this, this spirit of honor. It's so important that, that Paul really makes mention of it in, in his letter to the Ephesian church, Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. He says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. He makes note that this is with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. There is a strong correlation. There's a strong cause and effect relationship between honor and longevity. A spirit of honor. It's a foundational principle for the blessing and power of God to flow in your life. Amen? So honor, it goes beyond. It goes beyond what is due someone. It goes above and beyond. It goes the extra mile. Number two, we are created for honor. It's God's will to honor us, to bless us, to use us for his glory. That is God's will. God does not want to shame people, to, to guilt people, to put condemnation on people. That's the enemy that God, God has created you for honor. He wants to honor you. Um, this is um, spoken very clearly in Psalm 91, verses 14 through 16. Psalm 91, it says, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high. Because he has known my name, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. Honor and long life. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Again, a very strong correlation between a spirit of honor and, and long life. God wants us to be people of honor. He wants that spirit of honor to be upon our life. The enemy wants the opposite. He wants to stop God's power in your life and paralyze people with condemnation, with guilt, with shame. And really, the enemy tries to pervert the beauty and purity and simplicity of godly honor. Flattery is a perversion of honor. I've seen this in, in you know, the academic world, in the music world, even in the church world. Flattery is a perversion of honor. It's dishonest. At the heart of it, the intention is to manipulate it's not humble, it's prideful, it's self-seeking. Um, flattery can take, um, you know, gift form, and, and really that, that is a bribe. The enemy tries to take anything beautiful that God has created and, and tries to pervert it and is deceitful with it. Flattery is a very deceitful thing. And, and um, one quick way to see if someone is just flattering you, maybe it's relationally, maybe it's in the business world, um, 
is to just, just let the other person not get what they want and see what the reaction is. It's not good to play games with people, but um, Heather and I started dating, and about two weeks in, she broke up with me. I could have been angry. I could have told her off, but I didn't because my intentions were pure. For her, you know, and for Fisher, my, my intentions were, were pure. So, so when I didn't really get what I wanted, I didn't just fall apart and, and, and never see her ever again. There are some people like that in the church world. If they don't get what they want, if they don't get the recognition that they think they deserve or whatever, then you're never going to see me again. I'm out of here. That, that, that is, that is, that's going to stop the power of God in your life. The root of rebellion, whether it be words, actions, attitudes, pride, strife, contention, it's a lack of honor. The lack of honor, which it often takes the form of offense, can hinder the power of God in your life. There is a direct relationship between honor and the power of God. I want you to turn here to Matthew 13. This is very powerful. Matthew 13, we'll start in verse 53. Matthew 13, verse 53 through 58. This is a very important passage of Scripture because it's one of the few passages in the Bible where you see that God's power was limited, where you see that the power in Jesus was somehow hindered. Usually I like to study the, the power of God on full display, but sometimes it's important to study when, why something didn't work. And with Jesus, things usually worked out. But here, here something didn't work out. It's very unusual, and it's important to study why. Matthew 13, verse 53, it says, Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? So here in, in his hometown, they saw that he had great wisdom, that, that he did mighty works. And they said, is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him. Offense. Offense. You know, the, the writer of Hebrews says, beware lest the root of bitterness take root, which, which has defiled many. So bitterness, offense, was taking root in these people's heart, the offense. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor. So he, he took their offense as a point of dishonor. He said, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own country and in his own house. And Matthew said, now he did not do my, my, many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So we think, well, the unbelief stopped the mighty works, but, but Jesus said it's, it's because of this lack of honor and also because of the offense that is in people's hearts. So offense, dishonor, these, these, all, all of these things hindered the power of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Man, it, it, so when, when I just, when I, when I kind of studied this, I just saw honor is a huge thing. 
Do not let offense take root in your heart. It will stop God from working in your life. It, it will stop, stop him. It will stop spiritual, supernatural things from happening to you financially, relationally, with your destiny. Man, and honor, honor has to, be, has to be taught. It has to be lived out. It is always intentional. And we need to honor people as well. We're to honor God, but we are to honor people as well. Um, I was studying this out about how to honor people. This is really cool. Go now to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 20. We'll start here in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 20. And I'm going to show you something that I've, I've never quite seen anyone mention or bring out in this passage of Scripture. A common thing that people get upset about, that they get offended about, that they get bitter about is um, when they see that someone is weak in a certain area. And um, when they see that weakness, it it causes them to want to get upset with them, to kind of push them aside, to avoid them, to neglect them, to... But actually, we're to do the opposite. Verse Corinthians 12, verse 20 says, But now indeed there are many members, yet one body, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. I love that. Those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Seem to be. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable. So those members of the body which we think to be less honorable. And the Greek word, you can study out the Greek word there for, for honorable. It means to set a value to something or someone. So it's saying if someone seems to be less valuable, like you, you've set a lower value for them. On these, we bestow greater honor. So in the Greek, that's literally saying, if you see someone that, that the world or that people or that they feel themselves feel like they are less valuable, you are to infuse them with value. Great work. We are to bestow honor. That means that you are to add value to their life. You are to add strength to their life. You are to see potential in them. So if you see that someone is struggling, someone might, might, be, might be going through a tough time, might be, and a lot, a, lot of thing, a lot of weaknesses are kind of people seeing themselves weak and then they act weak as a result. Or they act less than as a result, or, or they, feel, they feel estranged. A lot of isolation is self-inflicted isolation. But, but on these people who, who maybe feel less valuable, who, who are often viewed as less valuable, less honor, we are to infuse them with value. That is what Jesus did to people. He took people who, who were really deemed unfit, deemed as outsiders, deemed as less valuable, and, and saw potential in them and infused their life with value. So we are supposed to see potential in other people and draw it out. True success, true success is helping others succeed. Amen. Amen. My only goal here as a pastor at Karis Christian Center is to help whoever I can. I don't care if you're above me, if you're 
you know, beneath me in the flow chart. I don't care if you've been here 20 years or been here one day. My only goal is to help people. I want to help Pastor Lawson be the greatest senior pastor he can be. I want to help Pastor Barbara, you know, be the greatest she can be. I want to help my wife be the greatest she can be. I want to help Daisy and Josh. And I want to help every single person be who God created them to be. And that doesn't matter what, what attitudes are going on, what my feelings are saying, what. Honor is a faith thing. It is not a feeling thing. And, and um, man, this, this, is a, this is a great message for the Wednesday night crowd because you guys are people of honor. And um, I, I was just thinking of, of people of honor here at this church, here on the staff, and, and we are very blessed at this church. There is a huge spirit of honor. And that, that is one reason why this church is mega blessed. Why, why we tap into the supernatural realm, spiritually, financially, relationally. So we are created for honor. Number three, a person of honor pursues excellence. This is really good. A person of honor pursues excellence. It affects your, your actions. So a person of honor, you could write these things down. These are actually really good. I didn't even realize how good this was until after I was reading through and, and went back to it. So a person of honor, with a spirit of honor, maintains an excellent attitude. Maintains, and so this is something that you maintain. It doesn't happen by accident. It's something that, that you maintain. A, pers- a person with a spirit of honor maintains an excellent attitude, consistently does excellent work, Solves problems rather than creates them. This is really good. Is excellent in intrapersonal relationships. They are peacemakers. They stay out of drama. In my, I, I've almost been a pastor now seven years. I'm 36 years old. My, my son Fisher, I asked him today, am I still a young adult or am I a regular adult? He said, you are now a regular adult. <laughs> Last year, I was still a young adult. <laughs> my wife is a little bit older than me, so I would joke and say, I'm still in my you know, lower 30s, and you're in your older 30s. Like 30s. I'm in my late 30s. <laughs> my brother Andrew texted me. He's 34. He texted me today and said, how does it feel to be sliding on the downhill of your 30s? <laughs> and I sent him a picture of a... Uh, um, Clint Eastwood, like a really old picture of Clint Eastwood. Yeah, he's, I think he's like 100 years old now and still acting. I don't. And, uh, he's, he's, I think he's 90. I don't. He's, he's up there. I've observed some people have, have this type of personality or type of, like whenever there's drama going on at church or wherever, like they, they are there with popcorn. They're just like a fly to the zapper. <laughs> And they have an opinion about it, and they want their opinion to be known, and like, they, they want to know what's going on. They want to be right there. I want VIP seeing to every bit of drama that's going on. Some people just stay out of it. It doesn't matter what the level of drama is, who, who it, they, they just stay out of it. And um, that, that is actually a, um, a, a, a spirit of honor type thing. And... Um, 
Man, when I was just thinking about this, someone who just maintains an excellent attitude, consistently does excellent work, solves problems rather than creates them, excellent in interpersonal relationships, they're peacemakers, they stay out of drama. Like, we, we have a lot of people like this here at the church. Right now, back in the sound booth, Nate Carter is back there. Nate Carter has a high level of honor, incredible spirit of honor. Like, he, he always has an excellent attitude, does excellent work, he solves. If I ever have a problem, I just go to Nate. It doesn't matter what the problem is, I just go to him and he, he fixes it. Sometimes I, like, I oversee the music team and, and, and I just can't find a drummer for that Sunday. He'll, he'll, he might have a million things going on and he'll just, oh, oh, don't worry, I will, saw, I will play myself, I'll make it happen, and he does it with excellence. And, um, and I, I try to be very careful with people who, who have this type of spirit of honor who, who can solve any kind of problem because I don't want to abuse that either. I want to honor them honor their time, honor their giftings. Um, and, um, and Nate, Nate is a, a peacemaker. He stays out of drama. And um, um, thank you, Nate. And I kind of mentioned um, this before, but, but a, a person of honor who pursues excellence when you serve with excellence, it's not just serving in the way that you want to, but you serve in the way that's needed. What's needed. And um, we have a lot of people like this here as well. There's a, a young man by the name of Devin on the music team. Um, he, he, he's a, a very talented electric guitarist. He, he writes songs. He sings. He, he, I know he's had goals to, to you know, do his own thing. But here at the church, we, about a year ago, we, we didn't have any bass players at all. And, and that's not really what he, he does, but he, you know, he actually went out and bought a bass and started learning bass just to serve. And when he first started, he wasn't really that great, but he kept at it and kept at it, and he's, he's a, a very phenomenal bass player. And um, he's just someone who, who just, where, where, where is the need? I, I'm gonna help take care of it for you. It, it's, a, it's a very beautiful thing. Um, Another principle of honor, um, pursuing excellence, don't try to honor yourself, it will always backfire. <laughs> the world system of honor, I'm going to talk about this in a little bit, but the world system of, of honor and God's system of honor are very, very different. Do not try to honor yourself, it will always backfire. Humble yourself. Humble. Honor and humility go hand in hand. Proverbs 15, verse 33, it says, The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. 1 Peter 5, 5 through 9, it says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. 1 Peter 5, 5 through 9, be clothed with humility. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. This is a grace church. You want God's grace to flow in your life? He gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he may exalt you in due time. God wants to exalt you. God wants to honor you. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, I love this. Sometimes we, we, we chop verses 8 and 9 out, but it actually really flows right from verses 5, 6, and 7. 
Be sober. Be, pride will make you drunk in how you think. It will distort your perception of reality. It will distort your perception of godly leadership. It will distort your perception of your spouse. This, this is really good. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may... How does he devour people? With pride. You don't need to humble yourself. You don't need to do what he wants you to do. You don't need to... You need to do what you think you need to do. You need to look out for number one. You are number one. That, 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 that is... That leads to offense. Offense is the, a rapid one-way ticket out of the ministry, out of your purpose. You are all called to ministry, to minister to, to your families, to, to your coworkers, to your neighbors, to people at church. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings, Sometimes you think, man, I'm the only one who gets treated this way. I'm the only associate pastor in the world that gets treated this way. Other people experience the same thing. But just keep trusting God. Keep humbling yourself. Keep honoring people. He's going to take care of you. Amen. Keep, keep being teachable. A humble spirit is a teachable spirit. You know, when I, when I had that music lesson from the assistant worship leader at a church of 100 in Pittsburgh, and I thought I was, I was the bee's knees of flute playing. Man, I, I learned something very important that day. That when, when I played the flute, it really wasn't about me. It was about Jesus. And the way I was playing was, was drawing attention to myself. It wasn't drawing attention to Jesus. That, that, that has radically affected my life. Whatever I do, it shouldn't be drawing attention to me. It should be drawing attention to Jesus. Whatever I do, whether it be preaching or, or counseling or parenting, raising up a son, a daughter, being, being a husband, I, I should be, it's not about me, it's about Jesus. And everything, everything at this church, everything that's done, worship-wise, even how I dress, I don't want to be distracting from Jesus. Whatever, you know, we, we, we're a very uh, free church. I, I love the freedom that we have in worship. But whatever is done in freedom, it, it needs to be adding to the incense that's going up to Jesus. Whatever word that is spoken, whatever word that is preached, whatever prayer that is offered, whatever instrument that is played, I don't care if it's a flute or a ukulele or an accordion. Whatever is done, it needs to always be pointing people to Jesus. Man, that, that was a great lesson I learned 18 years ago. And I didn't, I didn't even have to pay for it. Man, when you humble yourself, you, you can learn some really important things from a, a variety of people. 
Keep serving, keep being faithful. God wants to lavish you with honor. John 12, verse 26, Jesus said, if anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my Father will honor. So my last point is this, God honors faithfulness. I'm gonna talk a little bit about the world system of honor versus God's system of honor. God honors faithfulness. God is a rewarder. He is an incredible rewarder. He wants to honor you. He wants to lavish you, lavish you with honor. He doesn't honor talent. He doesn't honor position. He doesn't honor fame. He honors faithfulness. Great people of faith are faithful. Great people of faith are steady, consistent, reliable, purpose-driven. They get up, they go to work, they keep doing what God has told them to do. Hebrews 11, verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The world system of honor is radically different than God's system of honor. The world system is a performance-based system for honor. Ability is rewarded. Talent is rewarded. Personality is rewarded. Charm is rewarded. Beauty is rewarded. God's system of honor is radically different. He doesn't see how man sees. He doesn't see how the world sees. He looks at the heart. Faithfulness is rewarded. Look at the parable of the talents. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. It's in Matthew 25, towards the end of the chapter. There's a master who gives talents to three different servants. He gives five talents to one servant, two talents to another servant, one talent to the last servant. He goes away for a long period of time, and he comes back. The, the, the one with the five talents says, look at what I've done here. I, I actually have ten talents now. And, and the same thing, um, the, the one with two talents um, has two more, and, and the one with one talent is different. But I want to draw attention to what, what the master says to, to both of the first two servants. They weren't rewarded because of, of their own skill, their own talent, their own personality, their own charm. They were rewarded because they were faithful. Matthew 25, verse 21, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. God rewards faithfulness. There are rewards that are given for faithfulness. In in heaven, there, there is a reward seat when we go to heaven. Jesus Christ will personally see each and, one, each and every believer face-to-face, one-on-one, face-to-face, and, and they will be given rewards. This, this, these rewards will not be based upon your performance, not based upon your ability, not based upon your charm, the number of followers you have, the number of books you sold, the number of... It, it is only based upon faithfulness with what he gave you to do. There are going to be a lot of surprises in heaven. There are people here that you might not even know their name, and they are incredibly faithful and carry an incredible coat of honor on them. And when I think about these people, it brings me to tears. And that is what 
makes me want to be the best pastor I can be. These people who are just day after day after day faithful with what God has called them to do, faithful to, to their children, faithful to their spouse, faithful to, to what God has called them to do. Maybe it's in business, maybe in ministry, maybe it's here serving at the church. And, and some of these people do, do not care about the recognition. God, God recognizes you. Some people really care about recognition. Usually these people with, a, with an incredible spirit of honor, incredible faithfulness, don't care so much about recognition. God sees you and recognizes you and, and, and wants to lavish you with honor right now. But I know, man, that reward seat in heaven, it's going to bring a lot of people to tears. When Jesus really tells you how much he loves you, how, how much he's thankful for you, he, there's going to be people that you've never seen, never heard of, never noticed before that were basically invisible. But they're going to have an incredible personal reward from Jesus himself. So my conclusion is this. It's to everyone here who's clothed with that spirit of honor. I believe I can hear Jesus saying right now, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of our Lord. Amen. Man, I, I love, I love, um, I got really excited studying honor out today. I've never preached on it before, but it's a, it's a huge thing. And um, I'm going to keep studying it myself because uh, um, it, it, it really affects us in a lot of ways in life. It, it, man, and just looking back at, at the past 18 years, the past, I went out on my own half my lifetime ago. And man, being, being a person of honor, that every good thing that has happened in my life has happened as a result of, of, of honor. Every good thing that's happened to me, financially, relationally, in the church, personally, every, every good thing that has happened to me that can be directly tied to, to honor. So, amen. It's a deep spiritual thing. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.